0: Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. I am really looking forward to these next few episodes where I'm going to read it through and maybe with a few comments here and there. But I am going to read through the book of Galatians. I may even venture out and read it in the Amplified Classic, the Message, and the Passion Translation, because I believe that repetition is so very important. And when God says in Jeremiah 23, 29, he says, "'Isn't my word like a fire that will burn up everything that wouldn't make it through the test anyway?' And isn't it like a hammer that can break the most stubborn resistance? Oh, my friends, the power of His Word. It is great that we comment on the Word. It's great that we read other books of, that take us into the Word of God. And, and it's like having a five-fold you know, um, teaching gift right? That, that speaks to us when we read these classic books that often I do on here. But there is nothing that replaces the reading of the Word of God. So I make no apologies for sharing these episodes with you here in these early days of 2023 that we might just let the purity of His Word wash through us. So incline your ear, my friends, and listen to His voice in His Word and let it literally ignite you in the days that you're in and the days ahead. Love you all. Couldn't wait to get to this one. Galatians 3. Oh, how I love Galatians 3. Here we go from the Amplified Classic. Verse 1. Oh, you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians. Who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you unto whom, right before your very eyes, Jesus Christ the Messiah was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified? Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as the result of obeying the law and doing its works, or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Was it from observing a law of rituals or from a message of faith? Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly? Having begun your new life spiritually with the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? Have you suffered so many things and experienced so much, all for nothing, to no purpose, If it really is to no purpose and in vain, then does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works powerfully and miraculously among you do so on the grounds of your doing what the law demands or because of your believing in and adhering to and trusting in and relying on the message that you heard? Verse 6. Thus Abraham believed in and adhered to and trusted in and relied on God, and it was reckoned and placed to his account and credited as righteousness, as conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. No and understand that it is really the people who live by faith who are the true sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify... Declare righteous and put in right standing with himself, the Gentiles, in consequence of faith, proclaimed the gospel, foretelling the glad tidings of a Savior long beforehand to Abraham in the promise, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then, those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God as partners in fellowship with the believing and trusting Abraham." And all who depend on the law, who are seeking to be justified by obedience to the law of rituals, are under a curse and doomed to disappointment and destruction. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed, accursed, devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment, be everyone who does not continue to abide, live, and remain by all the precepts and commands written in the book of the law and to practice them. Verse 11, Now it is evident that no person is justified and declared righteous and brought into right standing with God through the law. For the scripture says, The man in right standing with God, the just, the righteous, shall live by and out of faith, and he who through and by faith is declared righteous and in right standing with God shall live. Verse 12, But the law does not rest on faith, does not require faith, has nothing to do with faith. For it itself says, He who does them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them, not by faith. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, doom of the law, and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, is crucified. To the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit To speak in terms of human relations, brethren, if even a man makes a last will and testament, a merely human covenant, no one sets it aside or makes it void or adds to it when once it has been drawn up and signed, ratified, and confirmed. Verse 16, Now the promises, covenants, agreements were decreed and made to Abraham and his seed, capital S, seed, his offspring, capital O, his heir, capital H. He, God, does not say, and to seeds, descendants, heirs, as if referring to many persons, but he says, and to your seed, your descendant, your heir, obviously referring to one individual who is none other than Christ the Messiah. This is my argument The law, which began 430 years after the covenant concerning the coming Messiah, does not and cannot annul the covenant previously established and ratified by God so as to abolish the promise and make it void. Verse 18. For if the inheritance of the promise depends upon observing the law, as these false teachers would like you to believe, it no longer depends on the promise. However, God gave it to Abraham as a free gift solely by virtue of his promise. What then was the purpose of the law? It was added later on after the promise to disclose and expose to men their guilt because of transgressions and to make men more conscious of the sinfulness of sin. And it was intended to be in effect until the seed, the descendant, the heir should come to and concerning whom the promise had been made. And it, the law, was arranged and ordained and appointed through the instrumentality of angels and was given by the hand in the person of a go-between, Moses, an intermediary person between God and man. Verse 20. Now, a go-between, intermediary, has to do with and implies more than one party. There can be no mediator with just one person. Yet God is only one person, and He was the sole party in giving that promise to Abraham. But the law was a contract between two, God and Israel. Its validity was dependent on both. Is the law then contrary and opposed to the promises of God? Of course not. For if a law had been given which could confer spiritual life, then righteousness and right standing with God would certainly have come by law. But the scriptures picture all mankind as sinners, shut up and imprisoned by sin, so that the inheritance and blessing which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ the Messiah might be given, released, delivered, and committed to all those who believe, who adhere to and trust in and rely on Him. Verse 23. Now before the faith came, we were perpetually guarded under the law, kept in custody in preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed, unveiled, disclosed. So that the law served to us Jews as our trainer, our guardian, our guide to Christ— to lead us until Christ came, that we might be justified, declared righteous, put in right standing with God by and through faith. But now that the faith has come, we are no longer under a trainer, the guardian of our childhood. Verse 26, "'For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith.'" For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, have put on and clothed yourselves with Christ. There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is not male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, are in him who is Abraham's seed." then you are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs, according to promise. Wow! Of course I have comments to make on Galatians 3, and that will be in the next episode. My friends, I strongly encourage you, read Galatians 3. Listen to this recording again. Listen to this episode And let the word of God speak to you, for we cannot remain under the spell and the bewitching of our own goodness, as it speaks in the early um, verses of Galatians 3. Oh, my. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, as they are listening to your word, I pray the power of your word continues to pierce and cut and divide between flesh and spirit. I pray that by the power of the cross, that this spell of our own goodness, of our own works, of our own performance, that that spell will be broken now. There is an awakening that is coming on many levels, Father, but let it begin with the deep awakening from the slumber and sleep of us trusting in our own performance and our own goodness. Let us turn now to you, Jesus Christ, the one and only You are the seed, the heir. You are the descendant, and we are now born of you and share in who you are and all that you have given to us. So I commit them into your hands now, and I'm trusting you with their lives and their awakening. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, my friends. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymcready.com or follow her on social media at nbmcready.